you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amazing grace will always be my song of praise. For it was grace that brought me liberty. I'll never know just why he came and he loved me so. Would you give the Lord praise tonight? Hallelujah. 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 I covet your prayers tonight. I have, I wanted to sing the song tonight, and I told my wife I wasn't sure I was going to be able to. Some of you have perhaps noticed that that I've been struggling with my voice for the last
resist. So I, I covet your prayers. If the Lord would strengthen my voice, amen. Luke chapter 18, if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Luke chapter 8, verse number 18. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. I'm going to pause for a moment. I want you to read that out loud. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach, preach, preach. I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but we're going to see what the Lord has for us. But I'm going to take my time and talk to you for a little while tonight from this passage, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. Lord, we need your help tonight. Lord, I stand in need of prayer and strengthening right now. God, I pray that you strengthen my voice. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, God, I'm trusting that your word is going to come forth with anointing and power and authority tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. Tell them, be careful how you hear, and you can be seated. I recently went on a search, and I can't find any college that doesn't have some kind of class regarding communication. It is a popular subject. People everywhere are trying to learn how to speak better. They pay big money to go to seminars to learn how to speak. As a preacher, communication is a very important element. And I too have spent my fair share of time and energy and research and study and reading in learning how to properly speak, learning how to connect with a crowd, all of the, the art, if I may say, of speaking, learning timing and rhythm and subject matter and learning the audience and learning all of the different elements that is related to public speaking and communication. Communication comes from a lot of different areas. My wife is a great communicator when it comes to writing. She is a prolific writer. It takes me a while to write. I write slow. She writes quickly. I speak slow. She speaks quickly. My brain works slow. Hers works much more quickly. But what I've noticed is that while everybody everywhere is ready to teach classes on how to properly communicate, nobody is teaching classes on how to listen. It seems that the responsibility of communication has been left to the speaker and that the hearer 
has very little responsibility other than to find ways to perhaps critique the speaker. But the speaker should speak differently, speak more palatable, palatably, use words that are understandable to the audience, not speak over or under the audience, but speak to where the audience is. And it's all left the responsibility of the speaker. While our scripture text tonight gives us a whole different insight into the responsibility of the hearer, take heed, therefore, how you hear. So there is more than one way of hearing. There is a multiplicity of ways in hearing. I've learned through time that the key to success in any relationship is good communication. But most of us are not taught the fine art of truly listening. Listening to understand instead of listening how to reply. Those of you that have been through premarital courses or in any seminar that I've taught regarding communication in a marriage relationship, we talk a little about that very idea of listening to understand rather than listening to respond. It's very important how you listen. It's important in every relationship in your life how you listen with coworkers, with friends, with spouses, with parents, with anyone in your life. The responsibility, it seems, is placed upon the speaker, but perhaps the scripture places an equal responsibility upon the hearer. Take heed, therefore, how you hear in normal English language for today. Be careful how you hear or listen carefully. Learning how to listen is important. It determines an awful lot about our relationships with others. People who mislisten and mishear will struggle with relationships. Good listeners make good company. Good listeners make good friends. Good listeners make great learners. And good listeners then can also make great teachers. Good listeners make good counselors. They often say in counseling that a great listener would make a good counselor. On the other hand, poor listeners who only want to hear themselves talk and even while forced to listen are only planning what they're going to say as soon as the other party takes a breath are usually cheated out of the best relationships in life because they listen to respond. Far more important, however, than how we listen to others is how we listen to God. I'm not here tonight to give you a communication lesson in relationships and friendships, although I'm going to use that analogy in this message tonight, but I want us to look deeply at how we listen to the voice of God. What kind of listener are we? 
aware about how we listen, if we're to take care of how we listen, as Jesus said, then how are we to understand the kind of listening that the Lord would to have us exercise in our spiritual life? By the way, this is a constant theme all through Scripture. It's not something that is only here in this text, although I don't know if you've ever heard a message on it or even thought about it in that regard, but one of the ringing themes all through the Bible is that we are commanded to listen appropriately. We skipped over it. I'm telling you, I was born with my father, a pastor. I'm 55 years old. This is the first message I have ever heard on listening. I've been to a lot of places and heard people tell me how to speak but nobody's ever helped me how to listen. But about six weeks ago, the Lord began to deal with me in private time as I was beginning to read and study. The Lord began to pull out of the scripture and I actually came to my wife and I said, I've got to share with you what I just found in scripture. She looked at me like, yeah, well, I've always done that. I came in the office and was so excited about it. Sister Cheryl was in the office and I came in and she said, what's on your mind today? And I said, well, let me tell you, because she usually shares with me a podcast she's listened to. And I, I said, well, let me share with you what, what I read this morning and what jumped out at me. And I laid it out, and she immediately challenged me with, but, th- but there is a responsibility of the speaker. And I went back into my study. And I thought, I- I'm going to have to dig this out because I- I've got to see what this the command of scripture hear O Israel that's not hears and come here it's H-E-A-R hear O Israel hear O Israel the first commandment hear O Israel I guess the first commandment is love the Lord thy God with all the heart but hear O Israel the Lord our God is one. It appears about a half dozen times in the Old Testament. Numerous times God says, listen to me. This is what he's saying. Can I just talk, tell you how it is? He said, listen to me. I'm trying to talk to you here, O Israel. Would you, would you stop what you're doing? Would you put down your phone? Would, would, you, would you quit fiddling? Would you, Israel, would you hear me? So King James writers makes it all dramatic. Hear If you were in the Jordan household, it would probably be, hey, shut up and listen. Numerous times God says, listen to me. You'll find the command in the Psalm. You'll find it in Job. You'll find it in Isaiah. you find it in Jeremiah and in other places. And several times in Scripture, the phrase over and over and over today, hear his voice. So repeatedly throughout Scripture, we're told to listen. In fact, Jesus himself made a statement in that regard in verse 8 of Luke chapter 8. He says, he who hath ears, let him hear. This isn't something that's isolated in Scripture. It is all through the Scripture. 
and there is a responsibility to the hearer. If you'll stay with me tonight, we're going to go somewhere. And Jesus repeated that statement over and over again. We were warned frequently then in Scripture to listen when God speaks. In Matthew chapter 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was with Peter, James, and John on the mountain, and his voice came out of heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then there is that phrase, Hear ye him. We quote the first part and leave the fact that there is a responsibility to hear. I'm going to over-exaggerate this point tonight until you leave out of here going, wow, I think I got that one. The Lord is wanting to teach us to listen better. My point is, when God speaks, we have an obligation to listen. But too often God is speaking and we are far too busy to give him our undivided attention. I don't teach on this quite probably nearly enough and it is respect in the house of God and how we should treat the house of God. I go pretty easy on our children. Sometimes I want to call them down a little bit after service as they're running through the building and I think of the days of Brother Price being a pastor. Yeah, you know why that laugh was there. Hey, 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 not in the house of God. I try to go easy. You went easy on my kids. I try to go easy on yours. But we have a responsibility, and here is the issue. When it comes to, the Bible gives us pretty clear direction on tongues and interpretation. When tongues comes forth, the gift of tongues comes forth for interpretation. There is a responsibility. You know what the Bible what the Bible teaches us to do? There is a holy. Anybody going to help me, preacher? There is a holy hush that comes over the congregation as we are anticipating and waiting to hear what God is wanting to speak to us for one of three reasons. To correct us. To edify us. Are to warn us. That's what the Bible says, those three reasons. And so when those tongues come forth, there are moments in the service when silence is appropriate, when we should be in awe, when we should pause for a moment. I remember how my mom handled things back in those days. It was that little snap of the finger. My wife still has that My kids heard that far too often probably, maybe not often enough. But there were moments when there was time to refrain, to stop, not in the house of God, silence. If I decided to speak out in one of those moments, my mom had a way of putting her hand over my mouth where I couldn't breathe. I learned reverence in the house of God or death, whichever you choose. Can I remind you tonight that his word is his voice? We reverence, we reverence certain things, but yet his word, we have lost reverence for his word. A lot of people come and tell me, well, God told me this and God told me that. But if they are listening, 
they will know that God's already actually said everything that he needs to say. The only thing he does often is just reminds us of what he has already said. Because if what God is speaking is not in alignment with what he has spoken, it's not God. Oh, I ought to get a shout and amen in the house right now. It doesn't matter what prophet comes, what preacher comes, and somebody starts to tell us something that is not in alignment with the word of God. Let every man be a lion. Let, let him be a curse because God is the final word. Every word spoken ought to be in alignment with the word of God, but it is our responsibility to know. Why should I trust that they can decipher what God is saying today if they can't live what God has already said? Does that make sense? If you can't decipher what God's already said, then don't tell me what God's saying because you need to learn what he's already spoken so he can speak something fresh. And basically it's a fresh way of saying the same thing. Deuteronomy chapter 4 says, tells us that God has allowed us to hear him speak of, out of heaven through scripture to instruct us. But my question is, how well are we listening? If, if you were to... If you were to rate yourself tonight, what kind of listener are you? You hear preaching? How well are you listening? Is it just another sermon? Or are you paying attention to what's said? Not just what's said, but sometimes how it's said. Are you picking up on the subliminal Areas of scripture when the Lord is trying to get something across, but we're oblivious? Or are we paying attention to what God is trying to say? What kind of listener are you? You hear teaching, but how well are you listening? You come occasionally or regularly, and you hear the word of God being proclaimed. What kind of listener are you? Luke says, be careful to listen. Recently, some with no experience seem to have received the heavenly anointing to tell me that I need to speak more directly. That is the issue with my speaking. The responsibility, they say, is on me. That seems to be the voice of the pulpit. If they don't like what's being spoken, they get offended. The world is living in offense. You can't say anything. They're offended. I went into one of our stores the other day, and a lady that's been waiting on me for a long, long time, and I've known, I've understood some things. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind. She's been waiting on me for a long time, recognizes me when I go, go in. She knows I'm with the church. And I went in the other day, and I noticed a name tag was changed from the last time I was in, and I couldn't recall her name, but now there's a new name and a new way of her desiring to be addressed. 
Jesus' arm. There's not a problem with speaking. There is a problem with understanding. My dad used to say, God gave you one mouth and two ears. So you ought to listen twice as much as you speak. Jesus tells us that when he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. You ever read that in scripture? 30 times, about 30 times in scripture, Jesus teaches with parables that are profound to the very careful listener. He was actually questioned about the carefulness of his teaching and was challenged on his indirectness of teaching. And Jesus responded to them. But the responsibility of understanding what Jesus was saying in his own words were put upon the listener to be careful, to listen to what he said. He who hath an ear, now mind the words of that, he who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. The entire parable, the entire parable about the kingdom of heaven is likened to, the kingdom of heaven is likened to, and all of that whole list of parables that goes on and on and on, the kingdom of heaven is all about hearing. How many remember the parable of the soil? Matthew 13, 3, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Listen. Jesus is not teaching them about farming or about gardening. As a matter of fact, he's not talking about physical seed. He's not. Everything in the scripture is to teach us the ways of God. He is teaching them how to listen. And when he had sowed some seed, fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places, and they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them out. But the others fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. And then what does he say? He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He's trying to say, I just gave you a parable. But if you have an ear, listen to what I just said. I didn't teach you how to garden. And so verse 10, and the disciples, it's okay if you follow along with me in your Bible because it's right there. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou in parables? Lord, shouldn't you be more direct? Verse 13, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they see, seeing see not. And hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. Lord, why are you speaking in parables? Because they're hearing me, but they're not hearing. 
I'm talking. And they're over here saying, oh, don't you hear that? We're going to have a good garden this year. And the Lord's like, I get them. I'm speaking to them in parables because the issue is until they tune their ear to hear what I am saying, they're never going to understand. If I speak in generalities, if I speak in generalities, it forces them to sit up on the edge of their seat and pay attention and say, wait, 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 I got to hear. How, what was that inflection? What did that look like? What did that sound like? What is he? What is it that he's really saying? Because I want to understand it. I want to get it. And the Lord said, when you are hungry, he that hath an ear, let him hear. You will hear if your hearing is tuned to the voice of the master. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see because there's some that do see. And blessed are your ears for they, they hear. That's those that are careful about their hearing. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear but they have not heard them. This is what Jesus is saying about his teaching with parables. And then verse 18. So hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Oh, whew. more farming techniques. Thank God. I mean, Wednesday night, pastor got up and talked about ears. I think he needs hearing aids. I think he was saying, we need to go get hearing aids, spiritual hearing aids. Uh, I'm not talking about deaf folks in this house tonight. I'm talking about people who show up and put the face on, but they're not hearing anything that God is saying. They can sit through a sermon and shout amen and clap and dance with the best of them and walk out the door and not pick up anything that God was trying to say that is going to change your life. Listen, the devil doesn't care how much you jump, shout, clap, holler, and carry on on Sunday, but he does care about how right you walk on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, catches away. Verse 20, I've, I've got to hurry. But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word of the Lord. So here's the explanation. Verse 22, he also receives some seed among the thorns. Is he that heareth the word? care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becometh unfruitful because they're not careful about their hearing. Am I making a point tonight? Verse 24, and another parable. Put he for, why all of the parables? They already asked him that up at about verse 10. And he just says, I'm just going to keep listening to the parables. And there's a reason for it. Another parable put he forth saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened to the man which soweth good seed in his field. Verse 31, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to the grain of mustard seed. 
which a man took and sowed in his field. start reading through, it starts making much more sense because I know him and I know he loves me regardless of what I am. It's unconditional. He loves me, but he's trying to perfect some things in me. I need to know the author so I can know the book. In another parable, he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is likened to leaven. Which a woman took and hid three measures of meal. Verse 34, all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And, verse 34, and without a parable spake he not unto them. The responsibility was not on the speaker. The responsibility was on the listener. Well, that's about the soil and the sower and, and how to plant and, and how to harvest. No, it's about how to hear. Some hear very superficially like hard ground. Some hear very emotionally, psychologically like rocky soil. Some hear very temporally like weedy soil and become distracted by other interests. Some hear with a good, honest heart and they hear savingly of the word and it takes root and produces a hundredfold careful how you hear. Don't hear superficially. Don't hear emotionally. Don't hear Don't hear, hear self-centeredly. Don't hear in, in a worldly fashion. Hear with a good, honest heart saying, God, if you'll speak to me, whatever you speak to me, that will I do. So Jesus meets a woman. He shows up. He needed to go there. He goes and sits down on the well and he waits and here's a woman. Coming to draw water out of a well. He sits down with her. Woman, what are you doing here, woman? Well, you know, I I just came to fetch some water. Mm. Woman, give me some water. Communicate. There's, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Woman, give me some water. 
ask of me for water, and I will give you living water. Listen, he wasn't talking about water. He found something that they had in common and said, hey, here's something that I can dialogue with her about. And this woman seems to be, he prophesied over her and told her, hey, that, that you got the, the, the man you're living with is not your own, and you had five husbands. Oh, that got her attention. And he didn't let that stop him. But he recognized the careful listener when he saw it. And when he spoke to that woman, he spoke to her something that would give her living water, would breathe life into her. That's what he's trying to do to us. This is why our hearing is so very important. He's trying to speak life and hope. He's trying to help you and bless you. God doesn't send a preacher into your life and a pastor into your life to annoy you. He didn't call me to, here to be the pastor of the church. He called me here to be the pastor. To be an under-shepherd. You may brag about me, but let me tell you, I'm an under-shepherd. He's the good shepherd. I'm not the good shepherd. I don't always get it right. But he always gets it right. But as the under-shepherd, I'm going to care about the sheep. My dad used to say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I don't know. I've never led a horse to water and tried to force him to drink. This much I do know. You can't force someone who doesn't want to hear what you have to say to hear what you are saying until they get to a point that they will open their heart and receive what you are saying, you cannot help them. We have people come into the church. We offer help to them. We do everything we can. We try to help them. We try to coach them. We try to, we try to counsel them. We pray for them. We baptize them. We give to them. We labor with them. But they have to want to hear what God is saying. We can't blame ourselves for their choice of not listening. You can teach all the Bible studies in the world, but it's not your responsibility at the end. Some plant, some water. Uh-oh, we're back on those parables, aren't we? Some plant, some water. But God gives the increase to the hungry heart that says, yes, I'll sit on the edge of my pew to hear what the Spirit says. The kind of hearer you are will tell a lot about your spiritual condition and your spiritual potential. Pastor, how do I make an honest assessment of my potential? By discerning what kind of listener you are. I want you to say the word discerning. That will reveal the potential of your soul. And your soil will determine the kind of fruit that you produce. You can take a plant and you can pull, you can pull two plants out of the same root ball and you can go plant two different trees in two different soils, and you can try to grow apples off the same tree in two different soils, and they will respond differently because the soil has a lot to do with the kind of fruit that they will produce. The same tomato plant that will produce tomatoes that are delicious in Indiana can be planted in Texas where I'm from, and they may not be worth too much to eat. That's experience talking. 
It's all about hearing. That's why some folks can come and sit through a service and walk out the door and say, I didn't get anything out of that. And somebody else walks out and says, my Lord, that was the best thing I've ever heard in my life. It's the hearing. It's the appetite. There's nothing wrong with the word. There's a problem with appetite. There's nothing wrong with what the Lord is serving at his table. The issue is we've got to walk in the doors hungry and saying, whatever it is, God, feed me. I'm ready. I'm on the edge of my pew. Let the preacher preach whatever it is. I'm not going to be offended if it's wrong, and I'm not going to criticize if it's not my forte. It doesn't matter what kind of, what genre of music it is, if it's old school, new school, black gospel, contemporary, or bluegrass or country. It's about him. I didn't come to please anybody but him. And if your style is not my style, so be it. Worship him. I feel the help of the Lord tonight. I'm going to tell you, I watch some folks, I even watch my boys sometimes, the way they dance. I didn't get any of that dance in me. They got every bit of it from their mom. I don't, I don't have it. I watch them start dancing sometimes. They, I don't know what they call it, the two-step. They get to go in, man, and they can, I don't know what it is they're doing, but they can, they can dance and make it look cool, and I think, I'm going to go to church Sunday. I sure wish I could do that. I'm clumsy. It doesn't look like that with me. It doesn't, it, it, it may not be. Somebody else may say, I, I, I want to sing like them, or I want to pray like them. No, you don't just be who God made you to be. You come in, and you say, hey, my jump may look silly, I may not look so cool, but I'm going to come give him what he deserves. I'm going to praise him with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, and all of my strength. If your praise doesn't look like mine, I'm not offended. If your choice of style isn't isn't mine, I'm not going to be offended. Matter of fact, I'm just not going to be offended. Because that's my choice, not yours. Y'all will get that when you get home. So how do you listen? I don't have my Bible. So how do you listen? There are three areas the Bible admonishes us to be better hearers. First, that word discernment, I just heard you say, say it again, discernment. Seek for discernment. I believe the most important and first spiritual gift that any child of God should seek is the gift of wisdom. All other gifts flow out of the gift of wisdom. If you were here a few Wednesdays ago when I was teaching, I told you I'd come back. I'm picking right up right there. This is finishing that lesson. All other gifts flow out of gift of wisdom. The second spiritual gift, I mean, that's the base. If you don't have wisdom, don't pray for any other spiritual gift and certainly don't try to operate it. Because first, you've got to have wisdom. The second spiritual gift, I believe is the second spiritual gift, is the gift of discernment. It is a spiritual gift. It's not hard to get, but you do have to pay attention. It's from discernment that we learn how to hear. Stay with me now. 
I discerning when I hear? It is from discernment that we learn how to hear. If you lack discernment, you will be spiritually deaf. Therefore, you will struggle in most areas of communication. If you lack discernment, I'm going to move quickly. I'll share these notes with anybody that wants them. If you lack discernment, you will be prone to miscommunications. You will be prone to misunderstandings. You will attempt to avoid true submission if you lack discernment. This is not in my notes, so you better write this one down. I may not remember it again. Some things can be taught. Some things have to be caught. I can't teach discernment. You have to catch discernment. I can't teach wisdom. It's a gift from God, and you've got to catch it. And the only way you catch it is going to be paying attention. If you think that when Elisha, when Elijah's mantle began to fall, if you think that Elisha wasn't there paying attention to get that double portion, you're wrong. I believe he was there watching every little move waiting. And when the mantle fell, he had to run to where it was to pick it back up. Some things that God has for us, you're going to have to be sitting on the edge of your pew saying, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And when it comes, I'm going to run to it. discernment, you'll be prone to offense. You'll struggle with rebellion. You'll ignore gentle correction. Thus, you become offended at correction because you ignore gentle correction, but will not receive straightforward correction. You will constantly blame others. Everybody else is the problem, not me. If you lack discernment, it will affect every external relationship in your life. And it will prevent personal growth. The lack of discernment will stagnate the gifts and the giftings and limit our ability to be used of God. The lack of discernment. If you lack discernment, don't attempt to prophesy. That gift needs to come later. Wisdom, discernment. Now, when you get those worked out, then we'll start talking about the gift of faith and healing and knowledge and all all those other things. If you can't take correction, don't attempt to give correction. Why is discernment so important? Here's why. I recently learned, as you know, we have intentionally been for about a year, over a year and a half maybe. I don't even know what the calendar looks like with that. Working into the Genesis process is something we recently read and studied. 80% of communication is nonverbal. Said, wow, Brian, that's pretty outstanding. 80% of communication is nonverbal. 80%, only 20% of what you say is communicated with others. If you struggle with friendships and relationships, you better you better get beyond just the words you're speaking. That's only 20%. What's everything else you're saying? How are you acting? How are you carrying yourself? What's the facial expressions? What's Therefore, discernment is a priority. I've got to go. The second thing we need to seek is we need to seek to understand the spirit of the matter, not just the letter of the matter. Let me get a little more biblical for those of you that need it. We need to understand the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. 
A lot of people get the letter of the law right but miss the spirit of the law. Let me break this down for you. The letter of the law said to the woman caught in the act of adultery, she should be killed. That's the letter. Everybody with me? Everybody okay? The letter said what? Kill her. Jesus said, hold up. I say unto you that if a man even looks on a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart already. None of us can live up to that. Watch what Jesus was doing. He was countering the over-exaggeration of the letter of the law. Kill her. And they would have. He said, I say that if you even look on a woman, that you've committed adultery in your heart already. So does that mean that nobody's going to be saved? Then he says, now, you who are without sin, kill them. There's the spirit of the law. There's the spirit of the law. Jesus didn't come to condemn the law, but to fulfill the law. He came to bring a better way. I'm preaching good to you tonight. He didn't come to abolish it, to destroy it, and then throw it aside. He come to say, oh, you want to beat your chest and say how holy, righteous, and godly I am, how I dot the I's and cross the T's, and look at all of this over here that's not living up to my standard. Jesus said, if you want me to, I'll set a standard that you can't live up to either. I say that if you even look, that wasn't the point. The point was now that I got your attention. Go ahead, if you're, if you're not guilty, go ahead and cast the first stone. And they walked away with, where, woman, where are thine accusers? Because every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And just because I stand in this pulpit and preach or teach to you doesn't mean I always get it right. And I don't want to come across to be super spiritual or over pharisaical and stand in front of you and tell you I always get this right. But I'm telling you I'm teaching truth to you tonight. And I'm telling you this is a struggle for every one of us. We need to wake up and pay attention and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. That's why sometimes that God puts a conviction in us and we say, my goodness, I hadn't heard any teaching about that or no preaching, but the Lord said I ought to not go there. I ought to not do that. I ought to not act that way. I ought to not dress like that. I ought to not. If God said it, listen, he's speaking. Listen, he's speaking. I don't have to agree with it. Listen, he's speaking. Let him speak. Listen, hear what the Spirit is saying. Third, the third area is we have to listen to apply, not to legalize. I thought that was kind of cool. The Lord just picked that up. I can pull it right here. Listening to reply is the standard way that most people communicate. What that means is that instead of really paying attention to what other another person is saying and hearing their heart as they are poured it out to you, you're already thinking of what you're going to say in response. There is the lack of grace and the lack of mercy present when you're hearing to reply instead of to apply. 
Of course, it's great. It's a great way to continue an, an argument. If you need it in your home and family, just, just go ahead and do it that way today. Because it's a great way to continue the argument, listening to reply. I know. My wife's tried that a couple of times on me. You can have a well-thought-out reply and get a win in your argument category. But if you're thinking about the relationship in the long term, you're probably not communicating very well if you're listening to reply instead of listening to reply. I need, I'm listening to understand and know so that I can make a change so that this can work. It has to come out of humility. If there's no humility, you will believe that you don't have anything that you need to change. You will believe that you are good like you are and there's no change needed. Even God doesn't need to change you. Instead of blaming others or thinking about what you want to say, try listening to understand. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 14. I've got 11 minutes. I'm going to get there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Stop. Let me talk to a bunch of apostolics in this room. That's not the first time you've ever heard that, is it? Because what we often hear is holiness without which no man can see the Lord. True. But that's not even what the text says. As a matter of fact, it's not even about it is declaring that following peace with all men is a form of holiness. We worry about a lot about how we look and act and sound. How about the holiness of following peace with all men? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the earth. Maybe the issue isn't always somebody else. Maybe the issue is me. Maybe there is a misunderstanding in my mind because of what I've been through, because of my past, because of my failures, because of my perspective, because of my trauma. I don't know what it is that causes me to hear the way that I hear, but it's from my personal position in life. And if we listen out of that position, we will live in a state of offense and we will always be trying to reply and rebut and have something to say. We need to listen to apply and say, I'm removing all of that, I rebuke all of that, I renounce all of that. I forgive all of that. I put all of that behind me. And if you haven't, you need to get signed up for the next Genesis process and you need to get moving in one of the change groups. We're there. We're working because we're helping people forgive things that you can't change and somebody else can't change. But you've got to forgive it so you can change. Experts call this active listening. Here are four components of active active listening, three components of active listening. Pay attention. Put up your cell phone. Don't be fumbling with something, talking to others, playing with kids. Pay attention. Don't interrupt. Listen thoroughly. Let them speak. And the third thing in active listening is apply. Everybody say apply. Apply, not reply. Apply what you have heard. If I want this relationship to get better, I have to apply instead of reply. This, is a, this isn't a communication class, but it applies spiritually. God, what are you?
saying in my life? What is the preaching about? What is the theme of the church? Where is the church moving? Here is the thing. If you sit on the sideline and wait for it all just to come, it's probably not going to happen. You know what I like to see is somebody to walk in and get front and center and say, I'm here and I ain't going nowhere. I may not understand it, but I'm going to sit right here and pay attention and I'm going to be active here. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a hearer and a doer until God shows me what I need to do. This is how people are going to know you. Matthew 7, 16, by their fruits you shall know them. Look at your life. Are you at peace or are you in conflict? Do you see blessing, favor, growth in your relationships? What quality is your life producing? Are you producing fruit at your full potential? Because in order to produce at full potential, it requires prayer. Don't have time to take that, to chase that rabbit right now, but you need to let that, you need to, you need to hear what I just said. Are you producing fruit at your full potential? Are you producing a hundredfold, or sixtyfold, or thirtyfold? At some point, you got to be pruned so you can get back to the hundredfold. That means I've got to take the chance. I've got to be the change. I've got to listen and apply. Are we a hearer only or are we a doer of the word? It's the spiritual relationship, hearing the word and doing it that really matters. James echoes that. Be not hearers only, but doers of the word, he says. Hearing is all through the holy text. If you're a hearer only, James says you're self-deceived. Oh, I was at church. You can be in church and be deceived. You've got to be an active hearer and a doer of the word. Matthew 7 says, The one who hears my word and obeys them is like a man who builds his house upon a rock. You want to know what this teaching is going to do for you tonight? It's going to put a foundation under your house. It's going to put a foundation under your home. Your spiritual walk is going to become solid and steadfast and sure because the man that hears will have a foundation under him. If we're not careful with our hearing, we'll end up losing what we thought we already had. It's critically important how we hear. I'll close with this. Back to the Take heed, therefore, how you hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Let, let, me, let me help you with that. Let me, let, me, let me change two words, not for the sake of just changing, but so that you understand what's really being said. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever hears, to him it's going to be given. And to whosoever hears not, from him it is going to be taken even that which he, I want you to say this next word with me, which he seemeth to have. Because here's the deal. If you're not a careful hearer, you don't have much. You think you do, you seemeth to. That's what he's saying. Even the things that you seem to think you have, you, you don't even have because you're not a careful hearer. 
but it's you if you're a careful hearer. To him, I'm going to add two. It's like this. Here's ten talents. Here's five talents. Here's one. It wasn't a matter of attention. It was how you're going to deal with what you've been given. Chad has ten. Annette has five. And Dylan has one. Ten talents goes and comes back, and what did you do? I multiplied it. Five talents goes, and what did you do? I multiplied it. One talent, what did you do? I went and hid it. I was afraid I was going to lose what I had, and so I'm fighting it. You can't live out of fear. I'm going to reach just for a moment to that one that may say, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good just to be producing that 30 right now. You're going to have to endure some pain. You've got to let God start working in your life. You've got to let God start pruning some things off of you that says, this is going to be painful and I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to have to receive it and accept it. If not, I'm going to be the one that comes back and I'm not producing anything while I look at others with envy because they had five and God gave them five more and one had ten and He gave, God gave him ten more. Well, what about me? I'm underprivileged. No, you're not. You're not doing what God has asked you to do. Anybody in this room want to move forward? start producing a hundred. I need to start hearing better. Stand to your feet all over this room with me tonight. I know the hour is late and I know I have been long tonight, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. You can come forward if you want or pray where you are, but I want you just to take a moment and respond to what the Spirit has said to the church tonight. Be careful how you hear. There are some dynamic hearers in this room tonight. God is working on you and perfecting you and taking you places, but I'm reaching to that one that's not, you just haven't been hearing. You're just not paying attention. God is wanting to use you just as well. He's wanting to take you on the journey as well, but you've got to hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. Oh, let's seek the Lord right now. Don't be ashamed. Let tears flow. Don't be ashamed to open your mouth and let God hear your prayer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. commitment to him tonight. I will be what you call me to be. I'll attune my ears to your voice. My sheep hear my voice.
some praise right now in this house. Come on, let's give him praise in this house tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. That was a prolific word from the Lord. We thank Pastor for preaching his heart to us tonight.